Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark movies from our different perspectives, mine being the hopeless romantic. And mine being the technical, cynical, cinephile. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Hamilton. And today we are taking a look at the last Countdown to Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Tis the season to be Mary. And her name is Mary, so it makes sense. Yeah, but it, I mean, it could also make sense because it, it is the season to be merry. Um, the season is technically over, right? We Is it, it in, in our hearts, though? It, it's it continues not. on. Our Christmas tree is still aglow. It and is. And, our, and we have garland everywhere, lights everywhere. Uh, I, I don't know. It, there's so much here. It's, it's a little anxiety-inducing to want to take it down because we have a lot. We have a lot. Well, my reasoning is not because of anxiety. It's because I just don't want to because <laughs> I love Christmas and I never want it to end. But it, it end, it must, and it ends with tis the season to be merry. So since this is the last one, Stephanie, what did you think of this one? Is this a film that you'd love to sit down, watch again, you know, get the last little bit of cocoa from the bottom of the barrel, or... Maybe it's this one that you just want to have in the background while you think about taking down the decorations. Or is this one that you never want to watch again? Yes. Fun fact, we do keep our cocoa in a in a barrel. Yes. So cocoa barrel. <laughs> okay. Technically romance cocoa barrel coming to you this uh this holiday season. So this one I have uh -oh. to say uh -oh. <laughs> for being the last countdown to Christmas movie, yeah. I was I was expecting, you know them to come out swinging to end right. it with a bang uh you know it's the big finale and i have to say uh i was uh i was a little disappointed Ooh. Mm. but uh i think i would say maybe a background one for me mm. i think there were there were some moments um, and some characters that I that i did enjoy mm -hmm. in this movie so if it were on in the background i think I would probably maybe take a peek here and there. Um, Travis Van Winkle, I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. He's very nice to look at. So <laughs> this this would probably, I'm going to say a background one for me, but it does need to be said that I was disappointed in this movie. Well, for me, I, I'm, I'm going to actually have to say that I don't, I don't think I would watch this one again. Uh, like you, I, I was disappointed. Um, I'm a big fan, but I think both of us are of Gary Yates. So who is the director of this film? So I was really looking forward to this one. Um, there's some reasons that I'll go into why this one just didn't hit home for me. And there's just been so many good ones. This countdown to Christmas season that there's others that I'd like to have on in the background, others that I'd like to watch again. So this one's going to be a, a, I don't think I would watch this one again. Yeah. I mean, I'm closer to not watching it again, but I'm saying background because, man, I just don't want to, I don't want to say that I wouldn't watch the, the last fi finale Countdown to Christmas movie again because it should have been, it should have been better. Yep. Yep. Why don't you go ahead then and give us the last plot summary for Countdown to Christmas 2021. You can hear the collective wails of, of sadness out there, but go ahead and, and give the people what they want. <laughs> Mary finds herself in a dilemma when her new self-help book turns out to be a lie. She decides to join her assistant-slash-friend Darlene for Christmas with her family to lay low and figure out a way to rework the book. Turns out Darlene's brother Adam shows up and Mary ends up learning that there are no rules to love, which leads her to the love she's been searching for all along mm. way to come out swinging way to come out swinging in the last one yeah i, I did it. what I this it. movie did not do <laughs> wow so real quick though small edit small edit darlene was her editor and not her assistant oh well there i mean very, she was basically her assistant too she she seemed like an assistant but yeah i figured i knew she had a bigger role mm -hmm. but um yeah that's this movie it, it just the whole book thing we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we do need to talk about that book thing. Um, but great plot summary. Why don't we go ahead and talk about our, our leads then, our two main leads here. Mm -hmm. And then we can dive in because I, I really want to dive into this. So go, go ahead. Yeah. So we have Rachel Lee Cook 
who plays Mary. Yep. And she's done a few Hallmark movies now. You know, she's from She's All That, if any of the millenni- millennials. The Oregon Trail generation. That- <laughs> yep. yep. I, I remember it. I remember it. She had uh, overalls and, and paint on her face, pigtails, I believe it was. Yeah. She was supposed to be like, you know, the ugly duckling that yeah. turns into a swan. All, all you need is overalls. And then take those overalls off, put on dress, you're good to go. Yeah. That was like Freddie Prince Jr.'s prime. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. That was a big movie back then. It was in my day. a big movie back then. And, and I enjoyed it. Um, but I do have to say, for Hallmark and for the Hallmark movies, Rachel A. Cook is not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, amongst all of the the Hallmark lead actresses, you know, she she's not on you know my top ten or anything. But yeah, how did how did you feel about about her and in this movie? She is not my favorite either. Um, I I think so. I'll say this, and I feel like we're gonna just upset some people. I, I'm not a fan of hers at all. I, I don't I don't like her in these films. I'm not sure why. I just it's hard for me to believe her when she's in these films. Mm-hmm. And with someone like Gary Yates directing, I I was hopeful, and I will say I I do think this is her best Hallmark film to date. There were moments that I think it started to click for her that she started to kind of fall into the role. But overall she it just it missed for me it it missed for me and it broke my heart because there's a lot of good elements here in this film um that i think it could have been really cute there's some funny lines in here there's some cute scenes and it just it missed for me so in and again i feel like we're gonna upset a lot of people with this because i know she has a lot of fans and i'm sure she's an absolutely wonderful person i've heard great things about her um so i'm not coming against her person i'm just coming against her acting this this role in this film so i actually think and it's kind of weird, but let me know what you think about this. I actually think that Darlene, her friend, should have been the lead in this. Because the scenes with Darlene and, and Travis Van Winkle, who was the male lead, I, I saw chemistry. Even though they were brother and sister and there shouldn't have been chemistry, I'm just saying them, seeing both of them on screen together was, was really was really great. Um, well, I feel like you're just reading my notes right now. I did not. I promise. I promise you that. Um, yeah, guys, we don't talk about these movies till till we do the podcast. So. I have the exact same thing nice. in my notes. Uh, Amy Groening, who might as well be a lead, uh, yeah. she needs to be a lead uh, by now. What plays Darlene? And yes, she does play Travis Van Winkle's sister in the movie. But I thought the exact same thing. Like I was like, they would be a super cute couple, yep. and I was totally shipping them. Yep. Um, and I want to see a movie. With Amy Groening and Travis Van Winkle as the two leads, um, and I think that would be amazing because she's already been with him in Project Christmas Wish as well. So that's her second movie with him, and I just feel like I don't know. Yeah, I was feeling like chemistry between them as well. So yes, it is weird because they mm-hmm. were supposed to be brother and sister, but I would have rather to see. I would have rather see them as like the yeah. the love interest in this movie. And it maybe in. It's so weird to me because how, how do you not how do you not do that? And I, I really think in my mind, the way I see this happening is that you have Travis and Amy set up to do this film together. I, I see her as a lead. I see him as the lead. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need a movie for Rachel Lee Cook. What about this one? And then she gets bumped down to the friend. I, I, I don't see how you cast these people like you do. But I think Rachel Lee Cook, being such a big name, I think that slipped into the position. Because when they're on screen together, it's it's great, like you said. So I don't know what happened. I want to see them together, though. Yeah. And I definitely feel like they were like, oh, Rachel Lee Cook is a big name. So yep. they put her in the finale. Um, but yeah. And again, she has fans. So I get why you do that. But sometimes for the sake of the movie, you, you got to go with your gut. Because I know the people watching this saw it, too. I don't know. A lot of people loved this movie and a lot of people love Rachel Lee Cook. She is very cute and she has a certain charm. Yeah. Um, but for this role particularly, it, it needed a sort of like wit and um, like humor that she just didn't, it didn't quite work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, as far as chemistry and romance, I did not feel that with the, with her and Travis, unfortunately. So, well, let's go ahead and talk about Travis. We haven't we haven't mentioned Travis yet. I mean, you did early in the, the podcast. You mentioned him pretty well. I go did ahead. earlier. Yeah. So Travis Van Winkle is probably, or no, he is like the the most fit 
Hallmark actor I think we've <laughs> seen. Would that be a fair thing I don't, to say? I don't know. When I'm when I'm watching the male leads, I'm not I'm not thinking about their fitness. But well, maybe I'm saying this because this might be the first time we've seen a lead without a shirt on. Yeah, I mean that that scene felt very orchestrated to make sure we saw him without a shirt and just a towel. And I I don't think the Hallmark fans are complaining about that, but it seemed very much like how can we get you without a shirt? How can we make this happen? Well, you know, Travis was just recently in the uh, series You, where oh, he, was he yeah, okay. where he uh, got really buff for this role because it fit his the character right. in the show. So he, he, I follow him on social media. So he <laughs> had to like lose like weight and get really ripped. Right. You know, he had a very strict diet. So he's very proud of his body right now as he should. I mean, be. as he should be, I mean, as he should, you know, be. like I said, that scene felt a little contrived, but at so, the same time, yeah. like, I mean, come I on. felt like he was like, you know, guys, if there's any way we could work in <laughs> so I could like show all my hard work or maybe the, the director the writers were like, this needs to be showcased. How can we put this in the movie? The fans need to see this. The fans need to see um, this. And we appreciate it. Yep. We appreciate them thinking of us. So no, I love him. As a Hallmark lead, I... Oh, he was great. Yeah. He was... I mean, he embodied this character so well. Uh, he was funny, lighthearted, and then when he needed to be serious, he could switch over to serious. He he rocked this role. I, I want to see him again and more. Like, I, I absolutely love this guy. Yeah. I mean, we loved him in Project Christmas Wish, mm. and I think he is a wonderful lead, and I am I'm definitely a fan. So, and I agree. I think he does the wit and the, you know, vulnerability very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those are, those are our favorites. The ones mm -hmm. that can, can play both. Well, speaking of the shower scene, I mean, that really is, is our meat cute. Well, we don't get to see him in the shower, <laughs> but it's post shower. Post shower. Post shower. Post shower, AirPods in the, the ears, which I didn't know you could shower with AirPods. I didn't think that was a thing. That seems highly dangerous. Maybe he just popped him in right after he got out of the shower. Right. He likes to have a little jam, some jams in his ear um, nice jam while, he's, while he's toweling off. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, but this was our, our big, this was our big meet cute scene. Uh, again, very contrived, very silly, as you know, the meet cute should be. So Mary comes to Darlene's family's house and instead of going to the, her parents' store, she's like, I need to just lie down for a minute. I'm tired. I just need to lie down. So she goes upstairs to Adam's room, puts in earbuds, puts on some, uh, some blinders, you know, the sleeping, sleeping blindfold thing. She sleeping goes all out. Sleeping mask. Sleeping mask. She goes all out for some reason because the house is dead quiet. There's no one in the house except Darlene and Darlene's about to leave. So very silly. Um, she lays down, doesn't even get under the covers. She's so tired, she just pops down on top of the covers. Enter Adam. Enter Adam. Yes, he does enter uh, <laughs> with nothing more than a towel around his waist. And, you know, for and Hallmark AirPods. fans... And AirPods and towel, come on. Sure. For, for Hallmark fans, this is a long time coming. We don't get to see a lot of shirtless men on this channel. So they were really, you know, it was it was pretty scandalous, I would say. Um, the towel was pretty low. I mean, honestly, we're, we're joking about it, but yes, I do agree. It, in a sense, it was very scandalous in terms of, you know, how much we are seeing. Yeah. Bare chested. <laughs> Bare chested. And, you know, of course he flops down on, on the bed. As, as one does in a towel right after a shower, you know, you're still wet. You're like, I'm going to lay down on this bed. Yeah. And of course, you know, Mary's there. Oh my goodness. Um, as far as meet cutes go, I do have to say this was pretty cute. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of cute scenes in this movie. I personally felt they maybe would have been better with a Amy groaning. <laughs> I was picturing Amy groaning doing these scenes. And I and I really think that they could have been elevated with with her as the lead. <laughs> we're. I think we're going to start a petition. I really want to see. I love Amy groaning. I've loved her in Snow Kiss. Like I've loved the movies. And I just really, I really want to see her as a lead. Mm -hmm. I think we've said it before as well, but we're going to um, keep saying it until it happens. Yeah, but no, I thought that I thought that the meet cute was cute. As far as it does, as far as it goes in this movie, I thought it was a cute meet cute, even though it was contrived. And I thought it was funny that you know she was like, oh, that you're Adam, like, because apparently, which 
let's kind of talk about this sure. since we're Please, since we're here because we do need to talk about this. I'm not really sure what Mary's deal is because apparently she hasn't seen Adam in ten years. Ten years, yep. And last time she saw him, he had a pet python, and she thought he was like really into her, and so she was like. You know, asking Darlene, you sure he's, your brother's not going to be there? And even Darlene is like, what? Like, that was 10 years ago. Like, yeah. do you really think Adam is still, like, pining over you? Um, and honestly, do we ever actually find out who was pining for who? No, because they have they kind of joke back and forth. Adam's like, no, you were into me. And she's like, no, you were in, Like, it was, it was weird. I think it was supposed to be kind of a cute thing. Like, but it just came off kind of aggressive for her to be like, like you said, like, is your brother going to be there? Yeah, I don't really know why she was still, like, so... That's what makes me think she had a thing for him. Like, I think it maybe was awkward because yeah. she had a thing for him. I re- we just really never find out. I wish maybe we could have. Maybe that could have, like, helped things along because I didn't understand, yeah, her aggression. Like, even when she walks in the room and she's, like, looking at the pictures of him, like, she just looks disgusted. I mean, yeah, I know she sees the snake and stuff, but she's just like, ugh. Like, she's like, ugh. He's, he's not know. a bad-looking guy, even even back then. No, like, like, not at you, all. Like, he looks exactly the same except his hair is longer and maybe he's a little more buff. Well, that's what's so ridiculous to me is that because as soon as she sees him, you know, shirtless, she's immediately drawn to him. And it feels so, so wrong to me that it takes, you know, this 20 pack of his to really get her to notice him. Like, it's almost like a, a she's all that kind of reversal. Maybe they're trying to allude to that. Maybe. But he's not a bad looking guy. He's not in overalls. He doesn't have paint on his face, you know? It's it's really strange and makes me feel like it's completely just physical. And it I don't know, it, it made me not like her, her character. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I really felt like Adam the the character of Adam, just to kind of like talk about him i i liked his character in this movie but i also didn't but i felt like he he seemed very it seemed like a very real character i'm not sure how old they were supposed to be Mm -hmm. in this in this movie but i feel like he seemed a little juvenile like he seemed kind of like an immature character i don't know how you felt about him but like the way he is with the whole family business. Yeah, that, and, that was a little bit immature. But that, also yeah. how he's like jealous of Mary and of, of that other guy. Like he thinks they're, he just seems very, I don't know, for whatever reason, I took his character as very like juvenile to me. But he, and he, but he also had this like really like softer side, which yeah. I think also played into like the juvenile. He seemed very like sort of like shy and sweet around Mary at times. Mm-hmm. But then there was the, that like weird jealousy of her when it's like, you haven't seen her like in 10 years. Like I didn't quite under, I didn't quite get the like immediate unless he's, I guess he has been pining for her all these years. But again, I did. I just didn't feel it. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that it, that it was real. Yeah, no, I, I there, there are moments there. It, it is strange how much of connection they have immediately. So maybe some of that history plays into it. Again, this is not like two years ago, three years ago. This is 10 years ago. Yeah. So if I saw someone from 10 years ago, I, I just, I don't know if I would have that immediate spark, that immediate reaction. His his jealousy is a little strange. Um, in this movie, they talk about, you know, one of her, her main rules is, you know, talk to your partner, be honest with them, tell them what you want. They don't do that really until the very end when he kind of opens up and is like, I, I want you to tell me to stay basically. And so she's not following her own set of rules he doesn't either. It, it's just kind of odd. It is odd. I do have to say, I did feel it more from the Adam character than the Mary. I did not feel, yeah, except for that one part where she's like looking at his body and like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I never really felt like she was really into him. No. He definitely would give her looks, like there were little looks mm-hmm. that he would, he's he's a good, good looker. He's a good looker. Oh, oh, oh. I see what you did. Uh uh and so i did feel that from him i didn't quite understand it but yeah because again yeah 10 years and he's you know had relationships since and so the to me that like longing or pining that that to me was not believable yeah and the fact that you, you mentioned his other relationship he just got out of a very serious relationship to the point when he tells his family at the store even like the customers are like oh you guys broke up like 
So a very serious, very real relationship, and all of a sudden, it, it's not rebounding, but it's just strange how deep he goes so yeah. quickly. So Hallmark has this trope where these romance experts, which Mary is supposedly, mm. don't have any romance with anyone. I, I don't understand that. It seems so ridiculous. If I'm, if I'm looking for romance, I would like to know that the person giving me advice is in a committed relationship. It's the same reason like when I'm looking at, you know, uh, tips or tricks on uh, photography or videography, I'm going to go to a cinematographer working. I'm not going to go to someone who doesn't shoot film, you know, like it's just it doesn't make sense. And this happens all the time now. And I was getting very strong vibes from Advice to Love By. It seemed like a very similar plot. Um, and it just it really just seemed unrealistic to me. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah. So this movie was like a mashup of like Advice to Love By and Coyote Creek yeah. Christmas. Yeah, you're right, yeah. With yeah. the with the family selling the business, not telling their children, and yeah. So it felt very familiar, um, yeah. but not in a good way. Like it was like these, we've seen this already. And that's what I feel like this movie felt just kind of, it's sad to say, but it was kind of boring. Like, I just felt like I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. This isn't anything new. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I just was expecting a lot more from, from the big, you know, finale. Yeah, no. And, and I agree because you see hints of it. You see these moments that are just so cute and the writing really uh, amps up some of these lines. I'm thinking about the time that Adam is on the, uh, the ladder putting up lights and uh, Darlene and Mary are down there. And he's like, hey, guys, can you give me a hand? And immediately they kind of look at each other and just start clapping. Yeah. And like that seemed like, the, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Like, I, I love that. And so it makes me sad because we have these wonderful little moments and then it just, it's just a mishmash kind of thing. Yeah, I thought the writing was pretty witty and fun. Um, and so I did want to shout out Jen Kirkman and Dwayne Poole, who, who were writers um, on this movie. And I... Yeah, I thought the writing was good. Again, I think maybe it could have been executed a little better mm -hmm. um, in, at certain points in, in the movie. But overall, yeah, there were there were things that did give me like a little chuckle here and there. Yeah, like when <laughs> when he takes her to the, the tree farm and he pulls off some some pine needles and she goes, mmm, piney. Like, I don't know. It just little things like that just, just got me. It was so, so silly. Yes. Uh, and there another scene that comes to mind, like, and again, this was like him and well, it was a pretty funny scene with him, Darlene and Mary. But I, again, I felt the, the back and forth wittiness with him and Darlene was just gold. Yeah. Like they were just amazing together. Um, where they're like walking on the street and they're, um, he's like talking about Mary. Oh, well, she's just gotten over her fake relationship, oh, fake, yeah. fake relationship. And you know, she needs time to mend. <laughs> and then they're talking about the tree lighting and she's like, well, we need to go. And he was like, what? There's a tree and people are there and they light it. Like, and it was just like very fast. And like, I don't know. I just, I thought that was a really yeah, cute scene. And that's, that's what's so sad is because you see that and you're like, man, give me, give me more of this. Let me see more of this because it's so good. It felt, it felt fresh. Yeah. Those scenes are felt fresh. I can't think of another word. But it got me excited when those little moments happened, and um, and, and yeah. that's the worst, right? When you feel you see that you see the potential in it, like this could have been a really wonderful movie. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, but again, this is just our opinion because there are people out there that love this movie, mm -hmm. uh, and if you do, send me a message. Let me know why. Let's let's have that discussion. Uh, but let's talk a little technical. Let's sure. talk a little technical. Gary Yates, again, we've mentioned him before. Uh, you know, we're big fans of his. He has a good eye for, for lighting and setup. So really the lighting in this film, you know, was, was good to me. It was a little, there were some scenes, there were certain scenes that I felt could have been a little bit better. You know, we have some of that yellow light that didn't feel super realistic to me. But overall, I, I think the lighting was, was done fantastic in this film. Especially the, I, I love the, um, which we'll talk about, you know, from a romantic, romantic side, the s'more scene, uh, the lighting there was great. There's all these, the family has a ton of lights in the house too. And so the bokeh has just done wonderful. Um, really no, no complaints over here from a technical, technical standpoint. Yeah. I don't have any complaints either, Gary. Uh, great job. <laughs> the, uh, I do need to talk about, there is, uh, so there's a few other characters in this movie, some supporting, <laughs> supporting cast that maybe maybe a, a male lead 
you know, you. yeah, we've been talking about Travis Van Winkle, but you know, there's another another man that uh, <laughs> he's had my heart for for quite some time now. Over a year. Over, Over a, year. a year. And every time he pops up in a movie, it just I just feel fill with with joy and glee. And um, that's my silver fox, guys. <laughs> my my silver fox showed up, and to me, that was the best. I'm going to say it was the best part of the movie for me was seeing him. And he even has like a wonderful romance uh, in the movie that Mm -hmm. I think is very actually, it's actually very cute. Yeah. Um, And I'm talking about Paul Asimbra. Mm -hmm. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, he usually plays, he usually plays the dad in these movies. Uh, And he, he is a silver fox. Ladies, (laughs) Ladies, <laughs> I mean, do I have any fellow Paul Asimbra fans? Uh, hit hit me up. Let's talk about him. It you is my goal. Club. It's my goal to get him on the podcast. I, he's not on socials, I believe. I've I've tried looking him he up. He doesn't so. need to be. He doesn't need to be. This elusive <laughs> he silver fox. That's how does mysterious he is. Uh, I love it. But he has. He plays Joe. He's like the owner of the diner mm-hmm. and he he has a nice little romance with Darlene and Mary's boss, Sonia, who's yeah. played by Karen Melina White, who is wonderful. Yeah, we haven't talked about her either. And she is awesome. She, she is, is so good. Wonderful. She was in uh, Love for Real. That's OK. Thank you. All right. We had seen her in uh, Love for Real and That's she was like it. one of our favorite characters. Oh, man. In there. She was my, she was my favorite character. Yeah. In there. She, yeah, she was awesome. Man, great. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, uh, and she was excellent as Sonia in here. And I just, I loved the the dynamic with her and Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very just like subtle in this movie. She had like, her personality was just very subtle, but she could, you could, there was so much there, like underlying yeah. um, in, in the way she delivered, uh, you know, what she was saying. And yeah, she crushed it. Absolutely yeah. crushed it. Because it's this role of the, the editor boss type person. So I will say, one of the, the neat things about this film that it kind of threw me, I thought they were going to have Adam pretend to be uh, Mary's made-up boyfriend. Me right? too, yeah. And so when, you know, her boss gets there, I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, it's going to be so silly and ridiculous. And they don't do that. They admit it to her right away. I have to applaud that. I, I think that was a neat little diversion there because completely threw me for a loop. So great job sort of, you know, not falling into that trope of this film. So I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. So I feel a little differently. Oh, go ahead. I go actually ahead. love the fake dating trope. Um, <laughs> as you know, you know, we just saw it in Unexpected Christmas. Yeah. Like they're still together. So I do love that. And I did think that is exactly where they were going with this. Um, I honestly thought maybe that think that may have been a little more interesting if mm. they had done it. I know it did throw me for a loop. Yep. I was not expecting it. So yes, I can applaud that. It was unexpected. Right. But because this movie just felt kind of boring to me, like there were no like, s- there were no stakes. There was nothing that it was like, oh, they admit it. And then she just has to like, oh, well, I have to try to rework my book. Well, that's yeah. Okay. So about that the book thing seemed to take a huge backseat yes so it's almost like you said it's two different films sort of pushed together into something and yeah so while i did like that you're right there were no sticks because they really never talk about the book again there's no. a few mentions here and there um and the whole book thing is, is super weird because to me i i don't oh man i know they're like a boutique startup kind of um you know publishing house but you, you would check to see, hey, is this a fiction book or a nonfiction book? That should be like one of the first conversations you have even before the outline. So the whole book premise just seemed kind of kind of silly to me right from the get-go. Yeah, it made no sense at all. Like, I did not understand it. Um, why would you make up a fake romance for a self-help book? And again, like you said, how are you giving advice as an expert on love when you have not had it and yeah. you are not experiencing that? So like, where is she's, where is she getting these rules? Like she just making them up in her head because she's not actually like putting them into play. Yeah. At least it doesn't seem like she is. It just, it didn't make sense to me why she would all of a sudden make up a fake romance when it's a self-help book, like that's not what self-help books are. Like you talking about your, ro- like your romance 
to me, if she had a real romance, okay, maybe. But to right. make up a fake one, and I guess it's because she didn't have one. Well, they, like- they, they made it seem kind of like that it sort of fell apart. Like she, she thought she would find one. And then it, again, they, they do their best to explain it. Her and Darlene have some conversations. But it, it seems so implausible um, that it just kind of falls apart when you really kind of kind of think about it. Uh, so the book thing was just just strange to me. Well, yeah, because her whole thing is like on social media. So right. this is like her first book, right? Yeah. And so she just like, which also is kind of weird that she just takes photos of random people without their permission. And like <laughs> I, 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 I thought that too. Like <laughs> these people are in love. Like that's not that's not good to do. Come on. Yeah. Mary. So that whole the whole book premise, yeah, it flew out the window for me. I was I was not. I didn't. It didn't make sense to me from the beginning. And then, like you said, it just kind of like takes a backseat and it's really not talked about a whole lot because even when Sonia comes you think oh she's going to be like pushing for it no she's having her romance with Joe she's got her Christmas cobbler it's Christmas cobbler time with Joe (laughs) but she sends but yeah she sends her text messages and stuff but it really takes a takes a a weird turn here um that I that I liked that I appreciated but to me and about the social media thing again if I'm following a social media influencer about romance and I don't see any photos of them with a significant other. What? What is going on? Yeah. And that's the last we'll talk about that. I know we're harping on this, but it really, it, it bothered me to no end. Well, it's because they do it all the time in, in these movies, the, these experts that aren't really experts. But it'd be one thing if maybe they were in a relationship and that just ended. See, that's what you do. If you want to have a relationship expert that, you know, wants to find love, you can do that, have them just get out of a relationship. You know, they were just in this in- intense relationship. It just fell apart, and now they're looking for love. That would make more sense because it seems to me Mary has never had a relationship. Right, and that's what I was going to say. I didn't buy it. Like, I didn't buy it. And she was like, oh, it's just ne- people don't accept me for who I am. And no, I'm just Mary. like, where, does, where is that coming from? Like, we didn't have any of that backstory. It just no. didn't. It wasn't believable. Yeah, and again, I know we said that was the last of it. That really is the last that we'll is talk the last about. Of we it. promise, we promise. Um, I do have to say, uh, for as the romance uh, uh, person on this podcast, and I do feel qualified to be the romance <laughs> expert because I have been in a relationship wow. <laughs> for almost 10 years. Yep. We've been together. Yep. So, you know. You, you could do Mary's job, basically. I, te- I technically could. One of the cute, cutest scenes, you did mention this. So there were cute moments, I have to say, that was the s'more scene. Yeah. So I don't think anyone would argue that this is the the most romantic scene in in the movie. I do also really like the scene where he's putting up the lights on the house mm-hmm. and he is giving her some serious looks. Some eyes. Some eyes yeah. from up on that ladder. Some and I mean this is we're talking like Andrew Walker level eyes right now. Oh, that is high praise. I know. But I you know, I would I would say that's that's pretty uh pretty accurate. So yes, the way he looks at her in that scene is wonderful. But the s'more scene was really cute. I feel like it could have been cuter again. Yeah. I'm not going to go any further into that. We all know why. But um, <laughs> I definitely got the feels from Adam. When he's asking her, and this made me so mad that Mary, like, Mary, you just, you ruined. She ruined the moment. Yeah. But yes, s'mores are good, but, you know, maybe a kiss from Adam would have been better. Maybe. Uh, when he is saying what do you want and she's like like right now and he's just looking at her like yeah like in this moment Mm -hmm. yeah mary fire crackling i'm looking at you she was not picking up what he was putting down she how do you miss that how do you miss that cue well that's what was weird i don't think she missed it i think she knew but she just let it pass she didn't allow it to happen which made no sense right we don't get any reason for that no you're not there's no reason for you to not like this guy no and you know he just helped you make your first s'more ever i mean what could be more romantic than that by the fire in your pjs Mm -hmm. and and we don't we don't get a kiss no for Uh, for no reason it's not there wasn't interrupted it was just her being like "Mm, no i think i'm gonna eat this s'more and the marshmallows weren't even toasted come on props 
the marshmallows weren't even toasted. They were fresh out of the bag marshmallows. You got to you got to do something about that. Well, what's weird is you see them roasted I know. and then it's like almost burnt. There's no telling how many takes this scene took. True. And so whenever there's food, you got to think these actors have eaten these s'mores like 20 times at least because they're getting, you know, angles from every every way, right? But when she does finally eat that marshmallow for this scene, maybe it was the editor's choice, I don't know. The marshmallow is not toasted at all. It's not even like golden, you know, brown. There's nothing. It looks straight out of the bag. And can we talk about that crunch? <sighs> the crunch of that, of the graham crackers, they both do it. They're two very loud crunches. Yeah, got some so audio. So the sound, I don't know. I'm like, those graham crackers were like really stale or what was going on. But that was like the loudest crunch I think I've ever heard in a movie for a s'more at least. It was it was a bit alarming. It was alarming. And again, you might be sitting there thinking, why are they like harping on like the marshmallows and the graham cracker crunch? Because that's what we do. Like the little <laughs> details in these films mean a lot to us. And when they're executed well, we we sing their praises. But when they're not, it, it honestly kind of ruined. The crunch kind of like jolted me out of that that romance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're called It's Technically Romance. So we got to talk about the techno. I would say that's a technical it thing, is. the sound. It is. T- the sound, sound and the prop and, design. Yeah. yeah. But I will say, and t- you know, just talking about like sort of set design, I, I thought they did a great job otherwise. I mean, Joe's restaurant looks great. Um, the family house, it's a little it's a mm. little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they literally have ornaments on the top levels of the, I guess it's the, um, what do you call it, on the top of doors. Yeah, like the molding. The molding, yeah. There's ornaments on the molding. There's mold ornaments everywhere. So it's a little a little extreme. But this family is extreme, so it kind of fit their character, I guess. Yeah, I do. And I have in my notes. I felt like the house seemed a bit staged to me. It, yeah. di- it didn't feel homey. It actually looked familiar to me. So I don't know if anyone can tell me. I don't know if this was like in another movie, but this house looked familiar to me that maybe it was like an inn in some other yeah, movie. I could see that. I kind of thought it looked a little like the house in... Sweet Autumn, mm-hmm. which maybe could be because Gary Yates did this. I don't, I don't know. Maybe if Gary can tell us that, but it just, I don't know. But it to me, it, it felt right to me because his family is just so into Christmas, so it did feel I staged, guess, but it, yeah. it made sense. I will say their their store is awesome. That's the kind of store we we talked about this in five more minutes um, with the the grandfather's store. That store in this film is what I wanted uh, Five More Minutes store to look like. Mm. Like it looks so homey, beautiful yellow light everywhere. There were people there. It, a lot of woodsy kind of atmosphere. I loved it. Well, we differ there. I enjoyed the confectionery in <laughs> Five More Minutes. But um, yeah, the store was cute. Joe's Diner was cute. Yep. So, so yeah. And there were like, again, other like little fun things. I thought the, the Christmas tree auction thing was actually really cute uh we learned that joe is a tiger (laughs) in more ways than one he (laughs) he went to clemson which you know we're in north carolina that's south carolina it's very close we we know about clemson we do and uh so i thought that was like a a cute little nod yeah i mean they're all the way in vermont so the fact that he went to clemson is is kind of kind of strange sonia did too yeah that she was like oh that's my alma mater like what are the odds they were a match made in heaven like these two were meant to be she's saving him snickerdoodle cookies she's buying him christmas trees like sonia was i mean and i don't blame her she was like hooked from the beginning lock this in sonia she does she locks it in she did uh and i i I honestly loved those two together (laughs) they were the love story for me in this movie So one of the cool things about this film is that we see these sort of photos of Adam, you know, uh, traveling the world. And usually these photos are, are photoshopped. You know, you can immediately tell like, oh, they, they, they just put him, you know, um, in the rainforest or trekking through the mountains or what have you. But these are real photos of Travis Van Winkle. Yes. Uh, and, you know, if you do a little research on him, he is uh, he's like a global ambassador for, you know, this organization. Uh, so he does actually do aid mm-hmm. work in these foreign countries and he goes, you know, build houses and things. So this is very true to who he is in, in, in real life. So I don't know if he had a hand in adding that to his character or not. I mean, he did have to offer up these photos. Yeah. You can find them on his Instagram. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was like a neat uh, thing for his character and the fact that they are actual photos. Um that yeah that Travis I, I love in. that and again little detail like that really nice to see 
And, you know, we always harp on the, the cell phone usage in these films. I, I loved how they handled texting in this film. I loved how they handled phone calls in this film. You know, uh, Sonia messages Mary, like, where's my new book? You know, which, again, that whole thing kind of silly. But, you know, Mary looks over at her phone and the text message just pops up on the phone. It's not popped up on the screen with an After Effects template. It's just literally on the phone. I, I got to applaud that because I harp on these things all the time. So when it's done well, I got to give a little golf clap. So happy to see them sort of not overutilizing the the weird phone stuff. Well, where you get the golf clap for that, yeah. um, we do need to talk about Mary's Instagram. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. I told her. Yes, please. Go ahead. Lead the way. So Mary is scrolling through her Instagram. <laughs> Done well. Now, it's literally on her phone. So it is. it looks nice. It does, it look, does nice. look like an Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, she's been taking, funnily enough, all of the photos she's been taking are of her and Adam. What is it? Um, so when you're looking at this, and again, maybe no one else noticed this, these photos, she's supposed to have like millions of three followers. Three million. She has three million followers. Yeah. She's like famous basically mm-hmm. as this like social media influencer romance romance expert, expert whatever there are no likes no comments yeah. on any of these pictures yeah now i don't know if mary has some sort of like block nope. on any comments or likes that she set this up for her account but that to me was a big mess up that yeah. was a big you know slip on I don't know who handles that. I don't know who handles that either. But no, that was a huge, huge sort of red flag for me. Um, Because even if you have your likes, you know, the number of likes sort of blocked, you can see the first few people being like, oh, this person liked it, this person liked it. And she would see it too. Um, And the fact there are no comments is very strange either since she's a relationship expert. So she's giving advice, I'm sure, on her Instagram. So just a big old, big old slip up right there. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> She's just flipping through him. I was like, wow. Ooh, mm, mm. Mary. Um, well, let's go ahead. Well, and- you know, her book was a lie. So maybe the whole Instagram thing is a lie, too. And she really doesn't have. <laughs> She's really not an influencer. No. But people have heard of her. So, I mean, we can't we can't fall true, back. True, true. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the thing that we always hate, which is the, the conflict in Act 3. It, it's kind of hard to, to see what it is. The conflict is a little strange here. The conflict really comes through Adam and him wanting the, the store from his parents who have, who have already sold it, which seems very strange to me. I mean, the parents can do obviously whatever they want, but you'd think they'd have a conversation with their kids being like, hey, not that they're putting it up for sale because usually that's what happened, but they've already sold it. Uh, so the fact they kept it from their kids, a little weird. Um, and so Adam's thinking, maybe I go back and, you know, work with elephants with my ex-girlfriend. That's kind of the conflict because when he asked, you know, Mary, I want someone to tell me to stay and she doesn't tell him to stay. I I think we're supposed to think he's going to leave. And that's sort of the, the conflict. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing, and that's I mentioned Adam seeming immature. I really didn't like the scene where he's at the table the in the restaurant yeah. with Mary and his parents because Darlene has gone off to have a date with James, who we haven't even mentioned, but he is there's a whole James Joe's thing. son, and yeah. yeah, there was a lot going on in this movie, but not enough to, to make <laughs> it to make it a winner. The this scene, he seems the most immature where he's he's putting his problems onto his parents like he's basically saying well you realize if i if you don't give this to me if i don't have this business like then i can't stay because i need to have something to something meaningful to build in order to to stay so he's putting his issues and the fact that he doesn't know what to do with his life right now on his parents you know, because he's come home, he's expecting like, oh, well, I'm just going to take over the business. He just, he's, I guess he's a little lost right now. And now he's like guilting his parents into like, you know, making them feel bad because like, well, then I can't stay. So you're not going to have your son here if, mm-hmm. you know, you do this in front of Mary also. And then he starts like trying to like get back at Mary with like the whole Julia and Thailand thing, like brings it's that weird. up. Yeah, it it's- was very weird. And he sort of started lashing out. I didn't. I didn't like it. It was no. a little cringy for me uh, with Adam at this point. Yeah, no, it was a very cringy scene. But I will say, in terms of conflict, you, you know, it, it it kind of made sense. It wasn't so ridiculous where you know she's not returning phone calls kind of deal. Um, so I think they were just trying to to have something happen. And then we have that weird scene of his ex girlfriend in a bar. Like mm. it just 
Very strange. Very strange there. Um, but yes, but I, I do like that scene when he sees her later in the evening and he says, you know, I, I, I want someone to tell me this day. Yeah. It was a good scene. And then once again, she drops the Mary, ball. <laughs> Mary ruins it. What is, I mean, I, and I don't get it for the life of me. I don't understand this character, why she won't just fall for him. It, there's no reason not to. I don't understand why Adam is into her. Yeah. From in the, in the first place. Again, 10 years, you haven't seen her. She doesn't seem that into you. I mean, I, I don't get it. It's, it makes no sense. Um, uh, it didn't. And it was very sad because, yes, he's wanting to, you know, feel that from her. Mm-hmm. But uh, she doesn't give it to him. He has to, like, pull it from her. But then the next morning, for whatever reason, she wakes up and realizes he's the one. He's my he's my guy. I guess because she realizes he's gone or I, thinks I he's guess. gone already. Or maybe it's because she rewrote her book and, and, you know, there's really no clarity here. Well, but, I mean, so what's interesting to me, and maybe this is the reason for it, you know, we're kind of diving deep, but she mentions that her her man with the dream job, her dream job partner is an investment banker. <laughs> that's not that's not Adam. So maybe it's because she has this built up version of her perfect man and it's not Adam. And, and that didn't really come through the movie well for me. But thinking about it now, I bet you that's what it is. She wants an investment banker. Adam is a rugged adventurer. Yeah, I don't see these two working out at, no. at all. No. So, so of course, you know, she's going to the airport to give Sonia the new rewrite. Yeah, she's not even rushing to see Adam, really. It's rushing to deliver the book that well, comes back. Well, she in the, doesn't the... want to lose her job. I don't know. There was a lot going on at this point. Like, you know, we have the fake story book, new, rewrite new story. We have Mary and Adam. We have Adam and the family business. Yeah. We have... Darlene and James, and then we have Sonia and Joe. Like, there was a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, right here at the end. Go for it. And so she's going to the airport. This last scene, I have to say, it, it didn't work for me. <laughs> so she kind of, like, has, like, a like a mental break. I don't really know what happens. She's been She's very, like quiet soft-spoken this whole movie and then she sees adam and she goes after him and just kind of like i don't know when she yells like what do you want me you want me to say don't and when she yells don't go like this scene should have been emotional this scene should have made me feel something like this is like the big finale scene no, it didn't. It didn't work for me. Unfortunately, it felt forced. It was a bit much when she yells, "Don't go!" It didn't. I, I didn't feel anything from it, but kind of like it was a little jarring. because yeah. I wasn't expecting her to yell like that. So what was supposed to be like a sweet sort of like dramatic moment just kind of fell flat for me because it. Did, I just. I don't know. It didn't work for me. What about you? Yeah, that the end scene was kind of weird. Um, it it didn't fit her. Like she, I, I don't I don't go along with her on this journey. She's supposed to be on this journey, right? And at the end, she I guess she has this realization for Adam. And I don't I'm not there with her. I don't believe it. I I don't know what the catalyst of it was. So I feel like I missed some stuff here. Um, and we saw this movie twice. You know, we saw this movie twice because we were. I wanted to rewatch it to really see like kind of what was missing for me and so i yeah i don't know uh, it was it was strange i i think i agree with your point though that it just it was jarring yeah the fact that she, all this passion like where was this passion the entire movie yeah. she does not seem like this super passionate person so for her to like i didn't buy that sort of like like to me that was not their relationship like that she would be yelling don't go to him at the end he would be the one yelling yeah you know but we don't it just it didn't fit her character yeah, yeah. you know we get a kiss mm-hmm. um how, how was it because we got a lot of campfires we got some s'more campfires we here. do so there were two kisses we get the kiss at the airport which is kind of like a quick one it was pretty good mm-hmm. um i would say you know there was maybe some kindling there for the kiss as much as you know there wasn't much chemistry between them throughout the movie but we do get a better kiss at the end where we kind of like fast forward yeah and you know she's her books come out and you know she does have this really pretty like green dress on the end i do have to say that she looked really great in that dress Mm -hmm. um but that kiss at the end the second kiss was a lot better and so i would give that one sparks i thought that kiss was was a better one yeah 
No, I do, I do like we have a little wrap-up scene there. Every, every couple's together. Her book cover looks great, by the way. Like, good job on props for having a great book cover design. I love that. And yeah, they, they're happily ever after. But we don't, what annoys me is we don't find out what happens with him and his family. They make a very big deal about his family selling everything. We don't find out if they go through it. We don't find out what he's doing. So if you're going to make a big deal out of that, give me some resolution, which we don't have. Yeah, like what is Adam going to do? What, like, is, he what is he doing we now? Don't we, don't we don't know. He's engaged to Mary. We do know that. Yeah, because we see the engagement we ring. We see the like, ring. Yeah. Nice little nod. That was a nice move. Nice move. I love how Mary just like just threw away everything that she became famous for because <laughs> her whole thing is like the rules of love. And then her book is like, there are no rules. Yeah. So that was uh, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, guys. Um, I feel like we we kind of tore this movie apart. Only because, only because we're such, again, we're such big fans of, of Gary Yates. We're such big fans of a lot of people in this film that it, it breaks our hearts when when it doesn't when it doesn't work yeah we definitely saw the potential and we did you know discuss the the moments and scenes that we did enjoy um there were there was some good to it but as a whole for like the finale of countdown to christmas it was very underwhelming and i think that's why we're just disappointed yeah we just wanted more we want we wanted more and was this the worst hallmark movie this season No. no no it wasn't but the reason why we're being so critical of it is because it could have been so good and so that's that's kind of why but again i'm sure there are a lot of you that that disagree with us let us know why please send us messages you know um you know please be honest with us like we're being honest with you guys you know we love to love love to talk about these films and and kind of you know we'd love to talk about them with you yeah but that's it you know we didn't we didn't get to catch every single movie so we did review the ones that we did watch we do plan on releasing sort of like a recap episode where we kind of tell you our favorites of the year but we also have a cool fun interview coming up as well Mm -hmm. so be on the lookout for that and thanks again as always for sticking with us we hope everyone had wonderful holidays and a happy new year we had a nice little quiet new year's at home we did it was great um, with our little puppy mm-hmm. and we're we're getting rested and back to it so thanks again and we'll catch you next time thanks guys take care <laughs>